Hello, and welcome to the Golden Hour Podcast with your amazing host, Anna Gold. We hope you enjoy the conversation and learn something new. We have an amazing show planned for you today, and who knows, we might play a game or two. Ladies and gentlemen, without further delay, here she is, the amazing Anna Gold. Good evening, everyone. We have Kelly Ascom from Mind Exchange Music out of Chicago, Illinois. And Kelly, tell us, what do you do in the entertainment industry? Hi, Anna. Hi. My name is Kelly Ascom. I am a production sound mixer as well as a post sound editor and mixer here in Chicago. Oh, that's nice. What does that mean in layman's terms? Like if you were to tell that to a a carpenter. (laughs) Sure, sure. So essentially a, a production sound mixer is the head of the sound department on a film set. And they're in charge for recording all of the sounds of the actor's performance. So usually there's a mixer, a boom operator, and a utility person. The boom operator is holding the pole with the microphone out by the actors so that the audience can eventually hear the story that the director and the producers are trying to tell in the movie. So a production sound mixer is part of that department on a film set. Mm -hmm. And then post-production sound editor and mixer I do a few different roles. One of them is dialogue editing, Mm -hmm. which is basically making sure that all the dialogue in the film is smooth, it's intelligible, there's no distracting edits, it's not overly noisy. I also do some sound effects editing, so when a door closes or there's a, a dragon or a car goes zooming by, I would be enhancing or building those types of sound effects. How do you make a sound of a dragon? Do you just roar? (laughs) <laughs> you roar a handful of times and then you pitch them around differently and you you layer it in with other things and um you know you kind of hear a strange animal and you kind of layer it in there and you, yeah there's a whole bunch of you know different ways to approach sound effects oh but then i also do re-recording mixing which is when you take all the dialogue and all the sound effects and all the music mm-hmm. from the score and you mix them all together to realize the final vision of the director and serve the story so the audience can attend the movie and have this amazing cathartic experience. Oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. How'd you get started in this work? I'd originally gone to DePaul University here in Chicago for tenor saxophone, for jazz saxophone performance in 2003. And about halfway through, I switched my majors to a Bachelor of Science in Sound Recording Technology, mm-hmm. which was more so like a music recording or a music, you know, music production degree. Mm-hmm. I worked at a commercial music studio for a couple of years, interned, and then I would start doing some sessions. And around 2008 was when I met my now business partner, Donnie Walker, who's a composer. Oh. And for about eight years, we started working with a local orchestra, the uh, Lake County oh. Symphony Orchestra up in Zion, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Donnie would write music. We would bring in a remote recording setup, do some orchestral recording, things like that. And then after about eight years of music, we started looking into some film score gigs at a real basic level on Craigslist. Mm-hmm. And so we picked up a couple short films and it was like a light bulb kind of went on and it was like, oh my gosh, why aren't we working in film? There's all this media and film and things that need good sound and good music. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I would say from about 2016, we made Mind Exchange Music LLC official. Nice. We got into post sound production sound, film scores, and since then we've just been nonstop busy. That's great. 
what's been the key, do you think, for you guys getting work? Just your good reputation or does what helps in the industry? I would say it's a number of things. You know, you need to you need to do good work. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> that's that's stuff. Def- you know, that you definitely need to do good work. But I would say even more so, it's all about connections and working with people because yes. when you're on a film set for say a few weeks or even a month or something for a feature length film, you really want to be working with people that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Even if they're your friends or not necessarily friends, but like good good coworkers, things like that, like people you enjoy being around that you have this great energy on set mm-hmm. can really make it that much more enjoyable. And if you're not the best mixer or the best grip or gaffer or whatever, the fact that you're you're humble about it, you're willing to learn, can take direction. Everybody is there for the sole purpose of making a great film, telling the story the best they can, working as a team. So, I mean, I think for me, it's like doing good work, being humble about it, flying under the radar and kind of doing your best and then being a team player and making connections. I think that is really crucial for this industry because your reputation is word of mouth. You're only as good as your last project, so you need to do good work. <laughs> but that's true. You know, you need people to tell other people that, hey, I worked with so oh, oh, you need a sound person. Oh, I worked with Kelly. He was really great. You know, I mean he he worked really hard. He was funny, he was very personable, did a great job. I listened to his audio. Yeah, like give him a call. Or a film score at Mind Exchange or a final soundtrack or music licensing or stuff like that. So I mean, word of mouth has been really huge. Okay. So word of mouth doing a great job and obviously treating others kindly on the set have helped you to get work. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think a unique thing for me, the fact that I'm doing location sound and post-production sound and have a sound and music company Mm -hmm. is that I find when I'm on set, I'm networking with anywhere from two, three, four to like 15 or 20 people at a time. And inevitably, someone from that set is looking for someone or they need somebody for post sound. And so oftentimes we can deliver them a complete solution from start to finish. We can do your pre-production planning, your principal photography sound. We can do your post sound editing, your sound effects, your surround sound mix, your film score. And then we can also release your score as an album with copyrights and publishing and all the streaming services and stuff like that. So, I mean... Really, Mind Exchange Music can offer a pretty unique suite of services that can really be an amazing package from start to finish for any type of filmmaker. Oh, wow. Gosh, you got to lend me some of those soundtracks so I can play them on the air. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to. Oh, oh cool, Kelly. Thank you. And um, do you guys have any favorite projects that you've done that have been exceptional that you just were amazed by the onset experience of or the post-production experience of? Yeah, there's been, you know, oh gosh, there's been so many, there's such a variety of things that we do. We're very versatile in the fact that we do, you know, a lot of music in-house. A lot of music is played in live. We try to hire live musicians as much as possible. That's amazing. Yeah, Donnie's Suite has 70 plus instruments for recording and scores. My room has a 5.1 system for surround sound mixing. Wow. I have a extensive location sound kit. So, I mean, the versatility of it has led us to a lot of variety in the projects. Oh, 
I would guess the more that you can offer, the more that you can receive. You know, if you're able to offer five services because you have all this equipment, then you're going to get more projects. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, a really fantastic experience last summer, actually, mm-hmm. right kind of in the middle of COVID, Donnie and I were able to do location sound for Ghosts of the Ozarks, oh. which was a, a $1.4 million feature that was down in Jonesboro of Arkansas. And so for six weeks, we got to work as a team, be on location, work with a lot of amazing talent. That's great. Yeah, Tim Blake Nelson, Phil Morris, Angela Bettis, Tommy Hobson, David Arquette. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just a really fantastic experience working on an incredibly safe, like nobody got COVID. We had tests all the time. Like it was. That's That's great. Yeah, it was just a really fantastic experience for a narrative feature film, which is still an indie film in terms of Hollywood budgets. But um, mm-hmm. so location for that was really awesome. Oh, nice. Has the movie come out yet? I think they've just wrapped up post. I'm not sure what is happening with it at this point. I believe they had some of the sound mixing done by some folks who had worked at Skywalker Sound. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it. But in terms of post on our music... Mm-hmm. We were able to do the original music for a live projection mapping festival in Bucharest, Romania. Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, George Berlin Studios. Did you have to go to uh, Romania? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. But um, yeah, George had illustrated a piece that's projected onto a building and it's all mapped wow. out. So it works in these giant projection festival things. And so we did all the music for that, which was really awesome. That is. That sounds like a, a challenge because it's so coordinated with the mapping of everything. I'd, I'd guess it's a challenge, but you, you know these things. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in some ways, it's almost like no matter what format things come in, mm-hmm. there's a lot of similar elements, you know. So, like, this was a projection mapping festival, but in terms of sound and music, you know, it was kind of like a short film. Oh. So, George gave us a rough illustration. Donnie worked on the musical themes with them, the different sections, instrumentation, like what the emotional arc and the storyline and the music was going to be. And then he had a mixture of 2D and 3D cartoons. And so as he added more, then we started adding in the sound effects. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was like rockets and lunar landing and like spaceships. We keep each working on our own thing Mm -hmm. until we get to the end where it's been so refined and exactly what George was looking for. Great. Good for you guys. And is there anything coming up next for Mind Exchange Music and for you, Kelly? Yeah. So for Mind Exchange, we have a couple things. Subsequently, we've done another one of these projection projects for George. But we have a project with 150 Media Stream, mm-hmm. which is here in Chicago. And essentially, it's kind of like a, an LED wall art installation type of thing. It's a lot of really skinny panels that really spans the entire side of the building. Oh, wow. Yeah, George has made another piece, and we are actually going to be playing live to it. So there's going to be about an hour and a half live set, and one of the pieces is synchronized to the picture. So it's kind of a multimedia, interdisciplinary type of electroacoustic sort of visual art uh, performance uh, that's coming up on the 18th. Oh, what's it called if people wanted to tune in? Yeah, it's called Spectrum. Could a person tune in from California, say? Is it like live broadcast online? That's a great question. I imagine it probably won't be live streamed. 
although I believe George is having someone come in to film it. So uh, it probably will be filmed and posted online at some point. Oh. And that's George Berlin, uh, George Berlin Studios. Oh, thank you, Kelly. And now, um, could someone hire you from, say, Los Angeles or Avalon if someone wanted to hire Kelly Askham as a sound recorder? How would he or she do that? <laughs> totally. My contact information, Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at mindexchangemusic.com is my email. Mm-hmm. I'm totally open and game to work on any kind of production that needs good sound or post-production needs good sound and good music. It's just a matter of connecting and see how it would work out for travel and things like that. Yeah, I'm excited and looking forward to working with anyone from anywhere on anything. Oh, that's great. That's exciting. That makes me even more excited about the entertainment industry. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. This is KISL. Avalon 88.7. Thank you for tuning in. I have Kelly Askim on the line, and he's from Mind Exchange Music in Chicago. All right, Kelly, do you have any funny stories from what you do? Uh, Has anything happened that you'd say in your life of a sound recordist in film and documentary, has anything happened that you thought was a disaster and then it turned out better or anything that you saved? (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's a great question. I feel like in the moment, it's always kind of like, I should remember this. (laughs) And then time passes and it's like, at some point you've worked on enough productions and done enough things that they start to kind of all blend together a little bit. Oh, yes. I'm sure they do. And it's hard to draw the line unless something is really bad or really good, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's... You know, there's always little funny things that happen on set because if you're doing a good job with wiring talent with the wireless lavalier mics, mm-hmm. oftentimes they'll forget that they're wearing them. And inevitably, mm-hmm. the sound mixer hears all sorts of little off-screen banter or, um, oh, you know, whatever, like little <laughs> little side conversations on set. And uh, That is kind of funny. You know, that it, <laughs> they oftentimes are... A little funny, but of course, it's always a matter of discretion, and none of that stuff is anything you ever, you ever share or things like that, because obviously they'd be incredibly disrespectful to your talent. But oftentimes, they'll be talking or something, and then they'll remember they're wearing the mic, and they'll <laughs> look over at me, and I'm just like, I'm either just smiling or I just, you know, look around like I didn't hear it, whatever. <laughs> You're like, I know all your dirty secrets, and now you owe me lunch money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, they'll be like, you know, they'll lift up their shirt and be like, Kelly, 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 can you hear me? And it's like, you know, I shake my head like, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. <laughs> Please delete everything I said. Yeah, right, right. You heard, <laughs> you heard nothing. You heard nothing. <laughs> right, right. You know, that's kind of funny. I mean, in terms of like saving the day, stuff like that, I mean, that's that kind of feels like what you do all the time. A big proponent of production sound mixing is troubleshooting oh you know solving problems oh it is there's noisy hvac there's refrigerators what is hvac for our oh you mean like heating and air conditioning yeah yeah heating ventilation air conditioning stuff like that refrigerators noisy traffic doing your best to try and make your environment quiet that way you can record your actors lines and dialogue at a better fidelity a better signal to noise ratio So that in post, when they try to enhance or work with the dialogue, they're not being limited by a bunch of noise and stuff being in there that would make it tricky to do that. 
you know, and then they're like crazy panning or, or tracking shots where the camera's moving around set and you're doing this kind of graceful ballet, you know, to like keep the boom pole out of their way, make sure there's no shadows, yeah. keep the microphone on point so you're getting the lines. It's a lot of problem solving. If you have a good pragmatic kind of mind and you can like look at things and see how they work and be like, okay, if I do this and if I do this and I move here at this point, mm -hmm. I'll stay out of the shadows, I'll stay out of people's way, we'll get good sound. And you must have to have a good ear too, obviously, otherwise you can't make sound, right? It certainly helps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but, there's a sweet spot for microphones, right? And so oh. you definitely want to have the microphone in the zone, in the places where you're going to get your best capture, but there's a lot of nuance and art to like the angles of the mic and each talent's voice is a little bit different and where on their face or throat or their neck or chest or, you know, where their voice sounds best and where you get the best sound and also try not to capture the props that are in their hands or mm -hmm. on an over the shoulder back and forth. Maybe one side has a refrigerator and one side doesn't. There's different techniques to try and make sure it's not like Oh, on his angle, there's a bunch of refrigerator, and like on her angle, there's none. These sort of consistency things that are really important. Oh, that makes sense. So the sound has to even out at the end. Ideally, you know, minutes on set save hours in post, for sure. Oh. There's something I can do on set to help make the consistency between two shots of two people talking to each other. That means when I'm doing the dialogue edit later on, I'm not having to do a bunch of extra processing on one angle to remove a bunch of noise that the other angle doesn't need because the more natural you can keep it mm -hmm. or the less you have to process it, the better the quality is going to stay there. That makes sense. And I guess the last question is before our fun game of trivia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, film trivia. I was wondering, what made you jump in and what made you leave the world of normal work, like let's say working as a call operator or, you know, you could do anything in life, right? But what made you, Kelly, actually say, okay, I can do this full time. I can get good work out of this and make a great living. What was the shift, I suppose? I would say for probably almost at least a good 10 or 11 years after college, I was doing music work with Donnie and things like that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, you know, I worked, I, I worked nearly every position at Target possible. <laughs> I worked with them for a long time. I worked as a bicycle mechanic. I did some oh, wow. care providing for an elderly gentleman. I worked at Apple retail store for like two years. Oh. I did a whole bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I was still trying to be very musically active during that time because so I went to school for ultimately what my you know, passion was about. And so I remember maybe in the second year, second or third year after I'd kind of gotten into location sound, I had a string of some work that was more corporate or more commercial mm -hmm. where they have a little bit more budget. Your day rate is a little bit higher. Mm -hmm. So I had a string of some really great work. And I think it occurred to me like, hey, you know, I think you could actually do this. I think this is actually a viable option, you're already trying to squeeze in all sorts of post sound work, mm -hmm. you know, and then location. And eventually it was, yeah, you know, I think this is sustainable. I'm doing more than just lower paying or indie project with friends and things like that. This could definitely be a full-time focus. That's awesome. I kind of eventually phased out your typical type of jobs or employment. 
and just started doing sound full time. And I am lucky I get to break it up between location sound and post sound. So, I mean, pretty much at any given day, I have something I'm doing, either on set or in the studio. So I'm very lucky. Really? Yes, you are. And I'm glad the work started coming in for you. That's, That's great, Kelly. All right, are you ready for trivia? Oh boy, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I was never, uh, I was never a good trivial pursuit player, but uh, I'll do my best. Well, this is about film, so it might be easy for you. And these seem like incredibly easy questions for me. Okay. All right, here you go. If you get them wrong, I won't punish you. Do you know anything about the late actor Paul Newman, who played Cool Hand Luke? Yeah, I'm familiar with him. It's probably been a minute since I saw some movies with him, but yeah. He made some cookies, like Newman's Organic brand with oh, yeah. his wife. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure you've eaten those really expensive Oreos from Whole Foods that cost <laughs> like $6. They're insane, but they're good, though. Yeah, I think they're vegan, too. Oh, are they? I think so. Oh, that's good. We can definitely eat them then. Everyone can eat them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right. Here's your multiple choice Paul Newman quiz. And if you get the answers right, I'll send you postcards from Avalon, California. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe like some seashells or something cool besides that. Do I have like a phone a friend or like a, you know, a, oh, something like you could. You, if you could phone a friend, that'd be go for it. If you want to get Donnie on speed, yeah, do it if you need to. Uh, okay. All right. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, obviously, I'm very confident. Okay. Yes. Totally. Yes, you are. <laughs> all right. Here's your Paul Newman quiz. Which kind of store did Paul Newman's father own? A sporting goods store, a hardware store, a drug store, or an art supply store? Oh man. You can do it. Sporting goods store, hardware store, drugstore, or art supply store? I'm going to go with hardware store, which is probably not right, but he seems like a very rugged man. Oh, yeah, you would think that, actually. (laughs) Yes, he was a rugged man. It was a sporting goods store. Okay. Luckily, there are a couple more questions, and let's see here. All right, Newman made his Hollywood debut in which 1954 film? On the Waterfront, The Silver Chalice, Rear Window, or Sabrina? Well, it's definitely not Rear Window. It's not. You're right. (laughs) Um, And I don't think it's Sabrina, because that's older than that. You're right. Yeah, that had... Audrey Hepburn and... Right, right, right. So it's like the first two. Which were the first two again? On the Waterfront or The Silver Chalice? I'm going to say On the Waterfront. Sorry, it's um, (laughs) The Silver Chalice. (laughs) I have like the internet in front of me and I'm like, like, no, I'm I'm just going to lose confidently. (laughs) No, no, that's okay. You know, I'll give you some easier ones, which I think you'll get these. These have nothing to do with Paul Newman. They're just random movie questions, but... Two more. You can do it. And if not, I'll still send you a postcard. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Okay. In which year were the Academy Awards first presented? Which year did the Oscars begin, essentially? Mm. This is a good one because for you, this is when sound was synced to movies. It was when they could film with sound, like the first year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... Think of the word talkies. I, I feel like you're going to get the answer if you think of the word 
Talkies. Talkies. I mean, that's going to be... Oh, gosh. It's so it's so tempting to look it up. Um, you know, just just to make sure. Um, okay. <laughs> no, sorry. No, I'm not going to cheat. Whatever you need um, to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's just entertainment, Cal. Don't get, don't get too bummed. No, no rules, man. This is Avalon Radio. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Um, you just can't cuss. I found that one out. Oh, okay. Gotcha. I gotcha. Um, I'll keep it clean. Yeah, keep it kosher. Uh, I mean, that's got to be... I mean, if it's about the talkies, like, that's, like, super early. So I'm going to say, like, in the 20s? Yes, 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 yes. Keep going. Which year in the 20s were the Oscars first presented? I'm going to say between 25 and 29. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yes, keep going. Uh, let's say 27, 1927. Oh, <laughs> you're so close. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you had it. Oh, but you had... I'm going to give you this one because you said between 1950... <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's not what you said. That's what I said. You said between 1925 and 29, and the answer is 1929 is, is when the Oscars were first presented. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. I'll, I'll never get that one wrong again. <laughs> no. <laughs> and let's see. What else here? I think this one's going to be easy for you. <laughs> I'll just try one last question, but I feel like you know this from childhood because you and I are pretty much around the same growing up time. Mm-hmm. Which movie features Bruce Willis as John McCain, a New York police officer who takes on a gang of criminals in a Los Angeles skyscraper on Christmas Eve? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, um, this is Die Hard. Yes! Yeah. Woo, you got it! <laughs> You're going to get two postcards from some seashells from Avalon, California. Woohoo! Oh, man. <laughs> Making film buffs proud since, you know, five minutes ago. <laughs> yes, you're right, Kelly. Everybody, this has been Kelly Askham from Mind Exchange Music, who mixes sound and records great things on set and off. Uh, Kelly, would you like to tell the listeners one last time how to get a hold of you if they'd like to hire you for a movie? Sure, yeah. My email's great. I am also on Instagram. Of course, our website is another way you can get a hold of me. My email is kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at mindexchangemusic.com. I would list my phone number, but that's probably a terrible idea to do on on the air. (laughs) But I'm sure if you contact our lovely host, uh, Anna Mm -hmm. Gold of The Golden Hour, she could probably relay my number or something like that. But yeah, email would be great. Check out our website, www.mindexchangemusic.com. We're also on Instagram. We're probably a little bit too old to really do a lot on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. <laughs> We're too busy working. That's what I mean. We're too busy working. Yes, that's right. To mess around on the social media is too much, although we really should. Yeah, any of those options would be great. You still get work, and that's a good thing. And thanks, Kelly, for joining us on The Golden Hour with Anna Gold on KISL Radio Avalon. Uh, Have a really great night, Kelly, there in Chicago, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, Kelly. Bye. Bye. This has been the Golden Hour Podcast with your host, Anne Gold. We invite you to come back next time for more laughs, fascinating guests, and most importantly, movie trivia. Think of her next time you watch The Sunset or Chug a V8. Don't forget to find her on Instagram and take a peek at her profile on IMDb. Until next time, stay golden. Stay golden. Stay golden. Stay golden.